The Panhandle News Network. The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Nah, man, you see how good I look? Nothing signifies that more than a pinch hitter winning a the game. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. Not this night. Yes, sir. Not this night. I feel cold. I feel wet. But I feel like a winner. What is Tingus Pingus? That's the problem. All right, right back. Let's go. Welcome to Panhandle Sports Live, the premier home for all things sport in the Eastern Panhandle. He's across midfield. He's into the open field. Touchdown, Martinsburg. On the first play from scrimmage for Washington, has put six points on the board from 88 yards out. Hear from the coaches and players that make the Eastern Panhandle the place for sports in the state of West Virginia. This kid, he's got silver bullets. And it's a two-possession lead for the Appleman. Gets a high snap. Robinson trying to get to the outside. Makes a chip move. Gets to the inside. Keyshawn Robinson. Touchdown, Cougars. Be a part of the conversation on today's show by texting at 304-263-4321. The throw not in time. Hedgesville's going to Charleston. He's down the sideline. Puts down an in-game. Touchdown drive. Oh, my goodness. Three to shoot. Runner in the lane. It's in. Shepard wins. Shepard wins at the buzzer. The Spring Mills Cardinals, 18-0 to finish the regular season. Now, live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building in historic Martinsburg. Get your popcorn ready. Panhandle Sports Live is on the air. And I think we all can agree, as it's Panhandle Sports Live for this first day of January 2024, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, Parker Stone cooked. I mean, come on, give it up for the man. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic intro. Thank you. An amended intro. We'd love to elicit your thoughts. 304-263-4321. As we welcome you inside the Hoppy Kirchhoff Building for Panhandle Sports Live. Got some new stuff there in the open. Well done, Park. Well done. Thank you. Hey, 2024, new year. We got to get a little fresh update, get everything rolling with that. But, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to work on that yesterday. Got some new pieces. Got to update some pieces in our intro there. But it, it, I thought it sounded really good and really proud about that. So, Really proud as well. So I got actually a new way. Uh, I want to bring this up before we get deep into the weeds. A, uh, I got a Power XL. Have you guys seen one of those before? Like one of those. Like, oh, you're talking yeah, about yeah. the cookies. It's, it's like eleven. One. It's I like an one. eleven and one thing. Yeah. I, I I grilled with that for the first time yesterday. Man, what'd that, you make? I did a two pack of burger. All right. Yeah, nice. I just threw those on, put it in there. Man, that thing is fantastic. <laughs> threw that in there. I I've been using a grill for. Gosh, how long has it been? At least four or five years at this point. I've been using this old grill. I get this thing. Man, that thing is awesome. Cook the <laughs> cook my burgers really good. So I, I'll have to ask Parker you. Stone has turned his back on Big Grill. <laughs> and that Power XL cooks them good, man. So what's your guys' is like when you make a burger? What's your uh, seasonings of choice when you make um, a burger? Let me think. In, oh, we use some kind of like garlic seasoning, I think. It's it might yeah, I would I would say if if not – at liberty to to you know do whatever I want. I would say salt, pepper, garlic powder. Um, there is a, a seasoning um, that I typically use that I buy in South Carolina. That's a whole thing. But <laughs> all right, that's that's what you're I just would running do. spices across the border here. It's, it's, <laughs> all right, I'll just say it's Charleston Spice Company grill seasoning. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that that would be my first choice if if if. You know, that's not at liberty. I just got to use what's in my pantry. I, I would go salt, pepper, garlic powder. Do you yeah. guys have a go-to cheese for the burger? I like provolone with my mm, burgers, actually. That's a solid provolone, choice. I'm yeah, a fairness. cheese for a burger. In fairness. 
I'll never understand Swiss on a burger. I don't know why people go the Swiss route. I, I don't mind. Swiss. I, I Swiss keep it on the Promalone American cheese kind of you know Stone Cold American on my my, my hamburger. I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a American sauce a little pepper jack on there. Pepper jack is yeah. choice. I'll go with like a, a a it needs to be the right kind of cheddar, but I'll go with the cheddar. I didn't uh, expect hot, this is how we were going to start hey, the show today. Hot, hot take. My preference for American cheese is white American cheese. No, no, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. Subway had a lot to do with white, that. White American melts a lot better, in my opinion. It does. It really does. Uh, well, with that said, you're more than welcome to weigh in on our burger conversation. Also, by the way, you're making a burger. you got to toast the bun. I mean, what are, what are we doing here? Toast the bun is a good choice. Yeah, you, well, you, this you, is interesting enough because you know, I, I actually made myself uh, a couple of burgers for lunch yesterday. And uh, I went unrelated to Parker Stone. Un- unrelated. It was a burger fest. I went. I went quesadilla burger. So I went. You ever had the quesadilla burger from Applebee's? It, it was. It was intended to be something of a spin on that. That thing is fantastic. It is. it is. So you cook your burger patties and then you wipe out your pan and you go flour tortilla down, layer of cheese, burger, and then another flour tortilla, and it's you busy. toast it up, and it's it's gas. It's busy. It, it sounds like a like a Taco Bell crunch wrap that's just like a burger, that kind of deal. Something like I mean, that. Not entirely. I don't know. But I mean, anyways. It's a, it's a quesadilla with a burger patty in the middle. 304-263-4321 is our text line. Uh, we got a lot to cover today. We're going to look back and uh, coming up in a couple of segments on last night's Shepard men's and women's basketball games. Tough losses and uh, certainly probably the best arena we're going to step foot in this year for Shepard basketball and IEP. Uh, in a couple of seconds, we're going to hear from Luke Samples, who was a guest on Metro News uh, High School Sports Line last night, uh, talking all things Spring Mills. We've got high school basketball coming up tomorrow. Uh, Berkeley Springs on WXDC, Parker Stone. Daniel Woods has the call as uh, Musselman will take on Hedgesville. Let's start with Musselman really quickly. We'll talk about a little bit more high school basketball coming up in just a couple of moments. Like I said, we've got Luke Samples on deck. Uh, but Parker Stone, there was a big game played yesterday um, as uh, M- uh, Musselman was able to defeat Woodrow Wilson. Uh, in overtime, I'll send you a copy of the box score here. But you know, it was in overtime. We had some free throws late. Musselman won 66-65. And you look at the point score: twenty six from Gavin McLean. McLean's somebody that needs to have a good season for Musselman to alleviate some pressure on their bigs. And then you get nineteen points for Matt Mahood, fourteen points for Troy Wollaston, um, and Musselman really came to play. And and Daniel was quick to point out when we looked at this stat line yesterday. <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That it was fourteen points, six rebounds, and four assists for Troy Wollaston in a big game for Musselman. Yeah, that's a big win going and taking on a Woodrow team, and you're able to take a victory in that. It's a Musselman team that I think is trying to make a statement. This is a team that saw themselves get to a really good point a few years ago, and now they're trying to get to a position to challenge once again. We've had that conversation multiple times with the level of competition really from you could say from two through five right now. This is a wide-open horses race around that middle point of the season you got a team like Jefferson who just suffered a loss against Martinsburg the Bulldogs are trying to challenge right now Musselman gets a statement win against Woodrow and that sets up a perfect matchup this Friday when we have two teams that are going to be in that middle pack we think right now trying to establish themselves as a challenger when we get to sectional play between Musselman and Hedgesville. It's the defense of Hedgesville. It's been a big story in the first few games of the season as we turn the corner to 2024. A defense stifled Washington tremendously when we saw it this past Tuesday. Musselman having their bigs and playing a more old-school style 
how is that going to translate to what Hedgesville wants to do, playing their zone defense, trying to lock you up within the corners? It's gonna be it makes it for a really fun matchup, and I'm really excited to see what how that turns out to be between these two teams, because that could be the winner of that game propels themselves into a conversation of saying, is it a team that can make themselves maybe into a regional final, I feel like, between these two. Well, and Daniel, the thing is this is a this is a post-oriented offense that Musselman wants to run with Wollaston, with Andon Santa Maria, uh, with Matt Mahood. However, when you make six threes, and they were all made by Gavin McLean, he was six of 11 from beyond the arc, it makes you even more deadlier, and it alleviates the pressure on your big boys in the middle. So finding that outside shooting presence, and he doesn't obviously have to hit six a game, but to prove that he can extend his range unlocks another level of this offense. It certainly does, and and I think the biggest thing going forward with Musselman is going to be finding that spacing. Uh, you know that you're going to be capable of of taking care of business inside uh, with the three guys that you have up front, but between Logan Shelton, Colton Shelton, and Gavin McLean in particular, between those three, somebody's going to have to consistently be able to space the floor for you. Now, Colton Shelton brings you a lot uh, in terms of, of playmaking, in terms of his ability to distribute the basketball, but he's still developing as a shooter. So between those three guys, someone is going to have to at least be a consistent threat from three-point range because what we saw when Hedgesville played Washington a couple nights ago was without DJ Boardley on the floor, there was really nobody to open up the the spacing for Washington, which allowed Hedgesville to pack that defense in tight to just take away any kind of lanes, uh, whether it be passing lanes or driving lanes, into the paint and Washington was not able to do very much inside the three-point arc. Uh, so if Musselman has the ability to have that threat, then it certainly takes them up to another level because it becomes a lot easier to then work the ball inside to the guys that you're counting on uh, to do the majority of the production. So again, the big victory in overtime for Musselman. They take on Hedgesville this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, this Friday night. Daniel Woods will have the call. The game will tip off at 7.30. Berkeley Springs in action against Kaiser. On the cool 92.9 WXDC, we'll tell you a little bit more about that game tomorrow. Let's go ahead and get to our first break. When we return, listen back to a portion of Luke Sample's interview as a guest on Metro News High School Sports Line last night uh, and talked about really the team that everybody's talking about across the state in Quad A. Stay tuned. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Because a man is always capable. Make sure he understands the moment because a man always understands the moment. And you know what else a man does? What? He says, give me my theme music. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. And Parker Stone doesn't just cook burgers. He cooks these awesome rejoins as well. Welcome back, Panhandle Sports Live. As I mentioned, high school basketball coming up tomorrow as Musselman against Hedgesville. But as we continue on the thread of talking all things college hoops, and our uh, high school hoops, I should say, uh, and high school local hoops, high school local boys hoops to be more specific, Spring Mills head basketball coach Luke Samples was a guest on last night's Metro News High School Sports Line. Uh, talking things over with the guys and continuing to react to that victory uh, against Morgantown. If you missed our coverage of it, we um, heard from Coach Samples on Monday, and uh, Daniel wrote a, an excellent article for WVMetroNews.com as well. But let's listen back to a portion of that interview. This is Luke Samples on last night's Metro News High School Sports Live. My staff's fifth year here, and uh, these kids came in with me as freshmen, and uh, you know we've been on this journey to be the best in the state, and we understand that, you know, you first have to start that by beating your sectional opponents, your regional opponents. And then, you know, we, we do look at Morgantown. We've been looking at Morgantown for a while now. We have so much respect for their program. You know, I, 
back in the day, Coach uh, Dave Tallman's father uh, coached against me. So there's a lot of respect there at Magnolia when I was at O'Quinn. So, um, you know, we know what the Mecca is. We know we knew the path to get there. And uh, so before the game was just, you know, believe in our journey, play for our journey, and, uh, you know, let's get this job done. Uh, yesterday we had to, you know, tone it back a little bit. Our guys, you know, thought they did something a little more than they did. We won a basketball game on Saturday, and that was it, against a pretty, pretty darn good team. Um, but, you know, we got back focused yesterday, and today was one of our best practices of the year. So, uh, yeah, the message is, you know, obviously we're 7-0, and and we beat, you know, a team that no one else could beat in the state for a long time. Um, but it's a more, we have a March mindset. You know, that's what we've, you know, shifted to at Spring Mills High School. You know, we're, we're a newer school, but we have a March mindset. We know we're going to see them again. We hope we see them again. Uh, they'll be there. Hopefully we'll be right beside them. Um, so, yeah, man, we're, we're just trying to get better every day and understand that we did something that was really good, but uh, we have bigger plans. You held the lead throughout the majority of the game on Saturday, and they cut into that deficit late, but you are able to hold on and win by four points. How impressed were you with the mentality of the team throughout the course of the game? Were there any points where you kind of sensed your guys wavering a little bit, if at all? No. Um, they, they, they had a mission. And uh, the, these kids are, we have are built different. I mean, our guys are built different. Um, you know, as a, as a program, we kind of build them that way, and they, they – you know, ran with it. Uh, our, our schedule is, is tough. Um, we've been in those games already this year. You know, the scores may not show it exactly, but we've been up by three, up by six in the third quarter and had to make a run, had to answer a run. And uh, we've played Morgantown in the fall. We, we've played them in the summer. We've seen these guys. Our guys play travel basketball with West Virginia Gold with these kids. Um, they all know each other. Um, and that was kind of how we build our program. We, we take them all over the place in the offseason. We take them – all over the place in the season. So, you know, and, you know, they know Morgantown. They know the guys, and they, they wanted to prove something. They wanted to prove that, hey, we can, we can sit at the table with you and we can play right along with you. And, uh, but, no, I mean, they, you know, never, they never wavered. They never blinked. Um, honestly, if we make free throws and rebound a little better, I think, I think the margin could have been larger. You've built this program on toughness and on a particular style. So, Go into that a little bit. Defense first, right? I mean, the, the 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 way you defend, it wasn't just this game. It's I would imagine it's every game, it's every possession, it's every practice. Yeah, I mean, we, our practices are fun. Uh, we we fight. I mean, we claw, we scrap. Um, you know, I'm I'm from the High Valley. Uh, my father's a steel mill worker. My mom works at a local bank. My grandfather was a pottery worker. Um, that's all we know how to do, you know, just play tough, play hard. Um, and we got a good, we got a group of kids that bought into it. You know, when, 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 when our program first started, we weren't very good. Uh, so like, what can we be really good at? Well, we can guard, like we can guard you. Like that, that's one thing that takes no really talent. Um, and, uh, with, with the personnel we have right now, you know, I think it's really starting to show we can do different things on defense. We don't, we don't play gimmicks, man. We, we, we sit down and we guard you. I think that's one of the most special things about us. Um, we, we, don't, we don't run fancy zones. We don't run fancy presses. We play man-to-man old-school defense. You know, we're going to sit down and guard you, and uh, you're going to have to bring – we're, we're going to make you beat us. Um, but, yeah, man, it's just, it's just that mindset, that mentality that, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, if you're in West Virginia, if you're over here in the eastern panhandle, if you're down in coal country, if you're up in the northern panhandle where I grew up, 
um, if you're out in California. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if, you, if you preach toughness and, and, and you preach a mindset of defense, you know, kids, the right kids will buy in. And the, the good thing about it is they don't have to be very talented. We got lucky. We have a lot of talented kids. But when we first started this thing, man, it, 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 was, it was, you know, we're going to be tough. We don't care how talented we are. And it's, and it's, come, it's come a long way. We're joined on high school sports line by Spring Mills boys basketball head coach Luke Samples. And, Luke, you mentioned this is your fifth year in the program. Did you have particular benchmarks coming in, and not necessarily a win-loss total per year, but by year two we need to be here, by year four we need to be here, and so on? I think, when, you know, I was at John Marshall. I was at Hampshire uh, as a head coach. Uh, I was at uh, Hedgesville as an assistant. And, I, I, I mean, we've only been here for ten years at Spring Mills, but uh, – at the school, I think I think three to five years for any program, uh, you should be you should be you know competing uh, at a statewide level. So yeah, my goal is three to five years. Um, let let let's let's have people talking about us. I remember when you guys called called me for the first time three years ago, brought tears in my eyes because you know I I consider you guys a mecca. Um, and if you're on if you're on Sportsline, you're you're doing something pretty good. Your program's doing something pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, man, we, we just wanted to three, three to five years, and uh, we're here where we want to be. Obviously, a ton of work left. Uh, we want to be here every year. Um, and this we, we feel this is a good start um, for for a program, not just a season or, you know, we have one senior, not just this season, next season, or the next season. We want to build a program that lasts a lot like Morgantown. Mm-hmm. All right, let's dig into the personnel. Uh, the Anderson brothers. Max Anderson's been – starting quarterback on the football team, I believe, since he was a freshman. He's been a contributor on your team. And then his uh, quote-unquote little brother, right, Xavier Anderson, has come on. Uh, those two individuals, what do they mean? Uh, Max's leadership and Xavier's size and athletic ability. I think I think every small kid listening to this uh, can take one thing from the Anderson boys. Um, selflessness, servanthood. Uh, they don't. They don't play for stats. They don't play for shots. They they do all the little things. Max has been. Uh, he's been my captain since he was a freshman. Uh, they uh, six 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 seven sophomore. Uh, he plays on the mid baseline. Guards the other team's point guard. Guards the other team's big man. Um, Max does the same thing. Uh, they're like sons to me. Uh, again, we built this program with kids like Max. Uh, again, like I said, he started as a freshman. He was a captain as a freshman. What he does on the football team. Uh, and then Zay just falls through. Totally different kids as far as personalities go. Max is serious and very, very, uh, very, very disciplined as far as how he goes about things. And Zay just, man, he, he's just a wild man. He's a wild cat. Um, but the one thing about him is, you know, that you know they're going to run through the wall. And I tell people, man, if you have two kids with the last name Anderson on your team, you're going to be able to guard. And you're going to be able to rebound. You're going to be able to be tough. And, you know, what they did with, with the task of all season, but definitely with Sharon Young. I mean, Sharon Young's a Division One point guard. Um, and those two with Caleb Thomas, man, like they, they, they held him to 12 and made it made it very difficult for him uh, to do what he normally does. So, uh, yeah, Max and Zay, uh, they're, they're typical Spring Mills kids. You can throw a rock and hit their uh, townhouse. They're here all the time. They, you know, they, they walk to school. Uh, they, they walk to practice. They walk to the weight room. They walk the football field. Uh, they're always here, man. They don't want to. They don't want to be at home. They want to be. They're, they're here all the time. They're calling me all the time. Coach, get to school, man. Like <laughs> open, in. open the door. Yeah. So, so yeah, sure, man. Be great. And and they are, man. They they're, they're the kind of kids. You know, I talk about all the time. You know, they weren't supposed to do this. 
they, they just weren't. They didn't have the special names or anything like that. Um, they, they just, you know, stuck around and wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave anyone alone <laughs> long enough. And then, well, you know, they, they, they just grew and they, they got bigger and stronger and faster. And so it's like, you know, I love it because, like I said, you know, I'm from the High Valley. They're, they're a lot like I am, man. They, they, you know, they, they don't do anything fancy. They're just so dang tough. And they, six 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 seven that helps him. And Max, you know, 206'1", 6'2", 205 pounds. Um, just special kids. The six teams in the EPAC, all with winning records at this point, and I think five of the six have one loss or less. How good is the EPAC this year, and how valuable is it to be able to play all of your conference teams twice in a true home and home series? Well, I think I think it's I think it's a huge advantage for us because you know even the EPAC, the EPAC, the EPAC. You know, it, it was always my dream, even in the Northern Panhandle. To, to coach in the Eastern Panhandle, um, you know, from when I was growing up until, you know, now, it, it, you know, it's always been about the Eastern Panhandle for me. Uh, I, went, I went to Hampshire first, and my dream was to come over and coach at one of these schools over here, night in, night out. I used to go to these games, and it, it doesn't matter how good a NEPAC team is. Every single game is a playoff game. Like Friday night when we play Martinsburg, there's going to be 2,000 people in here, and it's going to be a one-possession ball game. Uh, that's just how it's going to be. Um, same with Hedgesville, same with uh, Musselman, same with Jefferson, and even Washington. I mean, it, 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 every game you have to coach your kids to be the best they can possibly be. And your players have to be ready every game. Um, and, and, and that's just how it is, and, and, and I love it, and our kids love it. And it's a test night in and night out. It doesn't matter what your record is. This year we have good records. Um, but, again, teams are going to beat teams, and those records will change. And, you know, I've told, I've told our kids from day one, like, we're, we're here for March. So let's just, let's just get better every, every day. And with the EPAC, it's impossible not to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing on the personnel, and you mentioned Caleb Thomas, another tough football kid. And one guy who's, who seems like he's really emerged is Lokai. Am I saying that right? Lokai Uth-Smith. What's, what's the story there, and what does he bring? Yeah, Lokai Youth Smith. Um, so he started playing basketball as a freshman. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was a soccer player. And he showed up to our freshman tryout. And I saw him for the first time. You know, we do things year-round, but he just never showed up to play soccer. And uh, I said, well, we're, we're moving this kid up to JV. Lefty, smooth, athletic. And he's just, man, he's, he's exploded. I mean, he's exploded. Uh, he's, he's been with us. He's worked hard. He you know, play JV as a freshman, play JV as a sophomore. And we knew coming into the season, we're not naive. We knew what we, we knew what he was going to do. Um, he had a huge summer. He had a huge fall. Um, you know, a six four six five athletic wing, lefty that can shoot the crap out of it, um, out in transition. He gets out in transition for us. Um, and his defense has really, really picked up. I mean, he's been, he's been, he's been a really good defender and that's, you know, that's why you see, you know, he's putting up 30, 20, 25, uh, because he's locked in on defense. He doesn't have to worry about offense. Offense is going to come to him. But uh, he's locked in on the defensive side of things, and the sky's the limit for him. Like, he's been, he's been playing basketball for uh, two years, and he gets, you know, scored 25 and hit seven threes on Morgantown. Against Capital, he scored uh, 20 points in the paint. I mean, so it's just he can do anything. He can do whatever you ask him to do. And his development's fun. It makes coaching fun, kids like him. Uh, you know, be, being able to put our little twist on him. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's just begun. Yeah. Well, your program's just begun. You got it going. 
And uh, again, we appreciate your time tonight. It's good to catch up with you again, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you the rest of the way. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. So that was Luke Samples on last night's Metro News High School Sports Line. You heard Joe Avocado and Kyle Wiggs asking the questions there. We've got a break to take. As I mentioned, we've got high school basketball returning to our airways as Muscleman will take on Hedgesville this Friday night. A break to take when we return. We'll dive into the world of college basketball when we return. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Follow our socials for updates on live broadcasts of local games. Continuing the conversation, you can text us 304-263-4321. It is Panhandle Sports Live, the award-winning Panhandle Live, coming up in just a couple of moments. Some housekeeping before we turn our attention to college basketball. First and foremost, the texter says, um, it points out that uh, the nine, or rather, uh, only one team has gotten a victory against an EPAC opponent in the state of West Virginia this year, and that's uh, Bridgeport. Then they uh, defeated Musselman in a game that we were at. But you look at the teams that were unsuccessful, Parkersburg South twice, mind you, Preston, Hurricane, Capital, Spring Valley, Morgantown, Greenbrier East, and Woodrow Wilson. Dexter goes on to say that EPAC basketball is going to be a lot of fun, especially now that we get into conference play. We agree, and as I mentioned, we have an EPAC conference game coming up this Friday night. Also, Parker Stone, it'd be remiss if we didn't congratulate Murphy Clement, Gatorade Player of the Year, the Martinsburg Bulldog quarterback, not just a quarterback, a heck of a defensive back as well, is going to be playing college football at the next level. He finished in the top three or five in Kennedy voting. Metro News Player of the Year voting was the Gatorade Player of the Year uh, and one of many in a long line of very successful Martinsburg's that players that have uh, claimed that award. Yeah, definitely so, and it's an honor that Murphy gets to tag himself too, and it's very well-deserved, a guy that had really a big season. And I saw somebody message on Twitter about Murphy winning the award. They said Murphy is beyond just a guy who plays quarterback and a great rusher. He's an overall football player. He plays safety as well for this Martinsburg team, does it on both sides of the football. And it's well-deserved, a guy that you look at and you look at him and say this is one of the main reasons why Martinsburg got back and won another state championship at the Class AAA level. You got a guy who is electric and running an offense like Murphy who's really hard to stop. Do do you watch him as a thrower? Do you watch him as a runner? And what he does on the defense as well, that was really, I think, the talking point of this Martinsburg state championship team. It's a well-deserved honor for Murphy Clement. Certainly, and uh, we did see yesterday as well that the leading tackler in the Eastern Panhandle, Aiden Fleming, Daniel Woods, got a, a preferred walk-on look from WVU. I think it's an opportunity for him if he wants to choose so, or you know, he still has the option to go the FCS route or the Division II route. And, and but West Virginia's got a long line of players that go to WVU. And maybe you don't see him for a year. They redshirt second year, maybe get acclimated to the program, then start to become high-level contributors on special teams. And by the time you're a senior, you know, you never know. I mean, there's a lot of players that, and Neil Brown has proved that he can do this as well, that come in as raw prospects just with talent and start as special teamers and finish as key contributors of the defense. So, you know, I know that Aiden Fleming is somebody that a lot of people from this part of the state wanted to get recognition. And I think in some aspect, getting a PWO for WVU accomplishes that. Yeah, and a guy like Aiden Fleming, I think the arc that seems like maybe something that he could try to follow is a guy like that came from the Eastern Panhandle, like Justin Art a yeah. few years ago uh, that came to WVU as a walk-on. Maybe you thought was a little undersized to be a power five linebacker. Even when he was a senior, Justin Art, they listed at 5'11", 214. And Aiden Fleming is probably around that kind of, I don't know the exact measurements, but around that same kind of frame and build. 
Uh, and, and Justin Art is a guy that came in to WVU as a walk-on from Martinsburg, redshirted, played special teams for a couple of years, and then uh, was your starting outside linebacker in, in 2016 and had 84 tackles and seven and a half tackles for loss. So at, at a certain point, guys like that get into a program like WVU that for so long has relied on developing players and has gotten pretty good at developing players you get in a college weight program with Mike Joseph you put a little bit of weight on you you become a little bit more of a a formidable physical force and you see where it goes from there and a guy like Aiden Fleming that has a, a nose for the ball like that uh, certainly has some of the intangible skills that it would require uh, to then develop into that kind of player. All right, let's talk a little Shepherd basketball. Uh, and Daniel, I'll stick with you because we were able to watch these games at IUP. Uh, the women's basketball team, a career high from Kara Wainer, uh, come up short 80-52 to 52 as uh, Julie Coffin's girls are now 3-8 and eight on the season. The men's basketball team ran into a blowtorch uh, named Bryce Radford, Jalen Stewart, and Ethan Porterfield. Bryce Radford sets or ties a program record at IUP with eight made three-pointers. Um, you also get 25 points from Jalen Stewart. Radford finishes with 28. I mentioned uh, Musselman beating Woodrow Wilson. That's the school that he attended. Uh, and Ethan Porterfield goes for 17 points. Shepard kind of got punched in the mouth early. Uh, was it an 11-0, 12-0 run to start this game and then just never really seemed to get back on track. It was hard. Philip Jordan, Daniel McClain Corley didn't score until about halfway through the second half. Got a good game from Carson Poffenberger. Continues to be one of the better three-point shooting bigs uh, in the PSEC. But in both of these games, Daniel, I think that you know there was a certain level of defensive intensity that was set early on from IUP uh, that Shepard just was not quite able to overcome. Uh, yeah, and in the women's game, that was a five-point game at halftime, and IUP just came out and threw the first punch of the second half, and Shepard really didn't have a way to counter. And... Uh, from that point on, it was just kind of rolling downhill uh, as far as the result for that one. As far as the men's game goes, we talked about this a little bit. You can get a hand in the face of a guy like Bryce Radford, uh, but if he sees the first two go down, you're going to have to do more than just contest the shot. Uh, because at a certain point, if he catches the ball and he's in rhythm, it's going up and it's going in. And that's that's really what... Uh, was the tone setter for IUP last night. That's an IUP team that has two guys that were averaging 15 points per game this season that are out for the year. And I think it's an IUP team that probably figured out what the rest of this season is going to look like and probably exercised some demons at the expense uh, of Shepard last night because you had Radford go for 28. He didn't play in the first semester. He uh, had, had effectively moved on from college basketball had an opportunity to come back to IUP for the second semester. This was his second game he's played in. And then Jalen Stewart, who was averaging about eight points per game, goes for 25 on you uh, in a more ball-dominant role than he had been playing the majority of the season. And, oh, by the way, Ethan Porterfield uh, was the PSAC tournament most valuable player last year, and he puts a double-double on your head. So, uh, again, I think you ran into an IUP team that has had some ups and downs as the season has gone on and is starting to play its way into its final form. And I think Shepard, like I said, was really, I guess, the sacrificial lamb at the expense of e of IUP, figuring out what it's going to look like down the stretch. And Parker, for uh, Shepard basketball, the men's side of things, it doesn't get any easier. East Stroudsburg's picked to be the top team in your division. And then after that, you've got Westchester who beat you at the buzzer twice. You know, you look at where the Rams are at right now, 
Um, you know, and it's not a foregone conclusion that you can qualify for the conference tournament. Six of the top nine teams make it to the conference tournament. So you think about this upcoming stretch of games, two really good opponents in East Stroudsburg and Westchester, Mansfield, Millersville behind that. You know, Shepard can't walk away from these games empty-handed. No, they got to find a way to piece this together. It's been a very up-and-down start to the season, I think, for Shepard. you got a good win against Mercyhurst before the start of the new year. But again, it's it seems like it's maybe one step forward, two steps back with this team right now. And I know they're playing a little bit shorthanded as well. I know injuries have been a big problem this year for them on the Rams men's side. But there's got to be some ways that they can salvage what's been a tough start to this basketball season. It just seems like they trade win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. There's high moments when you see this team play Cal to a one-possession game. You'd see moments that you also make you scratch your head when you turn back to the Seton Hill game. That's a game they should have had won but let slip away. There's moments where this team looks like, okay, this is a team that could maybe make the semifinals of the PSAC tournament in basketball but there's also moments when you look at of like i don't even know if this is a team that makes the tournament there's got to be consistency on this team and whether that comes from dan mcclain corley becoming a more consistent score him taking the basketball and being that guy that can score you 20 points a night because he's only averaging 14 within the first 12 games that number's got to get up to i think the high teens if it can get to the low 20s that would be fantastic but he's got to find a way to get the ball in his hands and score more in that asset and philip jordan being a facilitator and being that second option in the offense i think is really important as well but it doesn't get any easier east stroudsburg Westchester, Millersville coming up on the 17th as well, and then Lock Haven in the month of January. It's going to be a tough road through the Eastern Division for Shepard. They just got to find some consistency in the month of January. Daniel Woods, before we get to break, the Mountaineer women's basketball team remains undefeated, 13-0. and They're ranked 24 in the land as they began with a conference victory, 68-53 to against Cincinnati yesterday. Four different players and double figures for Mark Kellogg. Um, the West Virginia women's basketball has been a godsend for this program, and I do want to say, you know, um, I've been really happy with how I've watched the fan base respond to discovering the success of the women's basketball program and continuing to support them. Because not only is it you know a good story with a Mountaineer team that's winning, it's a Mountaineer team that's incredibly fun to watch. Uh, yeah, and this team, like you said, 13-0, and and they play a really aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. J.J. Quinterly did not have her best night in this game. She was 4-for-13, for uh, and a lot of speculation coming into this year, at least from myself, was what's this team going to look like if J.J. Quinterly has an off night? Uh, because, you know, Jordan Harrison transfers from Stephen F. Austin, really kind of an unknown uh, commodity coming into the program. Kyle Watson was on the team last year, but was really more of a, a glue player uh, who didn't really need to score to have an impact on the game. Lauren Fields um, had a great year a couple years ago on a really bad Oklahoma State team and then transferred to Arizona to one of the best programs in the country and really struggled last year. And J.J. Quinterly has an off night. And who's in double figures uh, to to pick up the slack? Jordan Harrison, Kyle Watson, Lauren Fields. And uh, you look at this team, and I think what stood out to me is you have role players on this team that are playing the best basketball of their college careers, which I think has really brought the floor up. Kylie Blackston, Tavi Diggs, Jayla Hemingway, all players that were on this team last year, all players that played smaller roles, and they have all upped their game under Mark Kellogg's direction this year. Now what you have to turn around and take a look at 
is for West Virginia coming up on Saturday. It's going to be the biggest game that you have played to this point this season. You get number 10 Texas uh, on Saturday, and that's a Texas team that is 14 and 1 and is going through uh, kind of some shifting sands of its own uh, as they've played the last three games without Rory Harmon, who was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year last year and was averaging 14 points and eight assists this season. She tore her ACL in practice. And then Taylor Jones, who's their leading scorer, uh, averages over 16 points a game, six foot four post player, hasn't played the last three games either. So you're getting the number 10 team in the country. You're rolling into this hot. Texas has some questions to be answered coming into Saturday. Now, that's a Texas team that just ran Texas Tech off the floor last night. Right. Uh, but you're playing against the top 10 team in the country with Vic Schaefer at the helm, who for my money is one of the five best coaches in America. And mm -hmm. you've got a chance to make a statement. And I think West Virginia has every ability to, to go into the Coliseum on Saturday and knock off a top 10 team and really announce the presence of this program on the national stage beyond just being a top 25 program. I'll tell you this. I'll make a prediction. I think there's going to be more fans in the Coliseum this Saturday in any game since the Brittany Griner game. I think we're really starting to see support building. Really quick, Parker Stone, 13-0, this Mountaineer team, including a ranked win, I think that number 24 is a little bit disrespectful. But if you beat number 10, all of a sudden you've got everybody else's attention. That number's going to skyrocket if they beat Texas. If they do that, I think that this is a West Virginia team that's going to be just outside of the top 10, if not creeping in at number 10 or number 9, if they get this win over Texas. It's a big game. It's one of the bigger games you could pinpoint on paper for women's basketball at West Virginia in a long time, actually. And i, I got to give credit to Ren Baker, to Mark Kellogg for coming in. Don Blitz, a white on one and done year, goes to Minnesota. And there's a lot of question marks. The whole basketball program was in a question mark at that point both on the men's side and on the women's side for different reasons Wern Baker finds Mark Kellogg brings him in and it's gone even better than what it was last year under Don Plitzelweiss so that's just a credit and what has been just a great start to a tenure for Bren Baker it seems like everything is clicking right now in WVU sports whenever he took over the helm so Women's team, we're rooting for them. Hopefully get that win, and hopefully we see a top 10 ranking as they try and climb to maybe what will be the highest ranking in WVU women's basketball history. And new bracketology for women's basketball uh, from ESPN's Charlie Cream. Two days ago, uh, as of January 2nd, he had the Mountaineers in as a sixth seed, which, again, for the number 24 team in the country, feels a little, a little light. A little disrespectful. <laughs> We've got a break to take. When we return, we'll get Parker's picks. And, guys, you know, there's a, a certain list – uh, that we knew was going to be revealed over the last couple of days, wondering what names were going to be on it, and uh, that list starting to uh, to come to daylight. Some names we expected to be on it, maybe some we didn't. I'm talking about the Pro Bowl roster, and uh, we're going to take a break Stop and it. talk about that on the other side after we get Stop Parker's picks. This is Panhandle Sports Live. You're listening to Panhandle Sports Live. Can't get enough of Panhandle Sports? Head to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com for articles on your favorite teams. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, final segment of this Thursday show. Stay tuned. The award-winning Panhandle Live is coming up in just a moment. And uh, right now, the soon-to-be award-winning Parker Spitz. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. Well, we started 2024 with a perfect slate going three for three. We went one for three yesterday. 
And I feel like I jinxed the Minnesota Timberwolves. They ended up losing to the Pelicans last night, 117 to 106. Broadwatch. Broadwatch on the Timberwolves. Can I just say, I can't stand Timberwolves fans on Twitter. I can't. I can't. I didn't know any existed until this year. I can't come across a Timberwolves foreign account on Twitter where I'm going to see the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I I saw a tweet last night, and shout out to John Krasinski from The Athletic. Uh, who is an outstanding uh, Timberwolves beat writer. And somebody responded to, one, to his tweet with the final score last night uh, that said, you know, John, I'm, I'm starting to not feel too good about this team. Maybe, maybe, thing, maybe they aren't as good as we thought. It's like, they're still first in the West. They've <laughs> lost two games in a row. Big whoop. For a franchise that's been the bottom of the league for the majority it's been in existence. This is a really promising oh, year yeah. for the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves. Chet Holmgren, we picked as well to go over. He was under his total points. He only had 12 points in the Thunder's three-point loss to the Atlanta Hawks last night. High scoring, game in, high scoring game in that one, 141 to 138, the final in that There's one. A lot and, of high scoring games. And a great night. statement win from the Indiana Pacers last night, beating the Milwaukee Bucks 142 to 130, led by Tyrese Halliburton, 31 points and double-digit assists for, I believe, the fifth straight game Oof. for the Pacers superstar. He, he's budding into something special over there in Indiana. But I talked with you guys about this when I decided to make these picks. We got a little bit of a mixed bag on this Thursday. So we're going to go with today's lock. I've got the ranked JMU Dukes. I'm a little biased on this one. I'm going to take them getting the win on the road against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. It's a five-point spreading for JMU to win this game. I'm taking them at the minus 250 to beat Louisiana on the road tonight. I'm also going to take Victor Wembanyama's over 30 and a half points, rebounds, and assists combo. I think Wemby, he's got the ability to do that. They're playing Milwaukee, and it's it's just points, rebounds, and assists. If he can accumulate 30, 31 or more of those in total, then he's good to go, and he's a guy that can put up 20 points, can get you 12 rebounds. There's multiple ways we can get there. So I'm going to take a 30-and-a-half point. And we're going to go with a little bit of hockey. We're going to go with the prodigal superstar, Connor Bedard of the Chicago Blackhawks. I got him three-plus shots on goal tonight against the New York Rangers. So JMU with the win. Victor Wembyama, 30-and-a-half over points, rebounds, and assists. And Connor Bedard, three-plus shots on goal in the Blackhawks and Rangers game tonight. All right, guys, as we look at the Pro Bowl rosters that were revealed late last night, and I'm scrolling through the AFC right now, you know, to uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, really no complaints. And again, for my money, if the season ended today, Lamar Jackson would be the MVP. Raheem Mostert, what about a season he's having at age 31? Is leading the NFL at touchdowns at one point. James Cook of Buffalo, they finally found a running back they like. Derrick Henry, does Derrick Henry really deserve to go to the Pro Bowl this year? No. Alec Ingold at fullback. Tyree Kill, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase at wide receiver, Tavis Kelsey. How about David Njoku, Park? How about the season that Njoku's having this year? He's had a fantastic year, especially coming on in the second half. And I to remind you, this man burnt his face earlier in the season and is having potentially a career year. David Njoku's been underrated for a very long time, and I'm very happy he's getting the recognition now. And then everybody else, Laramie Tunsil, Deion Hawkins, Teron Armstead, the tackles, Quentin Nelson, Joel Petonio, Joe Thune at guard, Creed Humphrey, Tyler Linderbaum at center. Linderbaum, uh, the Ravens having a couple of young pro bowlers on this list with him and Kyle Hamilton uh, at safety. Other safeties, Justin Simmons, Mika Fitzpatrick. The list goes on. I don't want to read every single name. Uh, congratulations uh, to Max Crosby making, of course, for the Raiders. And A.J. Cole, we sent our prudder. You'll never sing that. That's three-time Pro Bowler A.J. Cole. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and then looking at the NFC roster, and again, there's really nothing here that surprised me per se. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Stafford, the quarterbacks that are going uh, for the NFC 
Um, and, and scrolling through the rest of the list, shout out to Kyle Juszczyk. Puka Nakua's got a chance to break the rookie record for receiving. George Kittle, Sam is going to be a great player long term. Um, is there anything that you guys saw in particular that you felt was a Pro Bowl snub uh, as we get a little bit closer to the game that absolutely nobody cares about? Um, the one of the biggest ones I think was Antoine Winfield Jr. from Tampa. He's had a really good year for the Bucks defense. Um, I mean, looking at overall, I think they got it majority right in the selections that I looked at. You can look and see some of the snubs on the list. You can make your case for some guys here, some guys there. I'll, I'll say this as a biased Giants fan. I think Kayvon Thibodeau got snubbed to the Pro Bowl this year. Mm. He's been having a fantastic year. You can look at the guys who made it on the defensive ends list or maybe the outside linebackers list and say, okay, maybe that's a point. But I think Thibodeau should have gotten on that on this list. You look, Micah Parsons more than deserving. Daniil Hunter more than deserving. Maybe swapping Hassan Reddick with Kayvon Thibodeau. I could see that one potentially. But you look at the defensive ends, Bosa more than deserving. Montez Sweat, who's been a fantastic ad for the Chicago Bears. And then Aiden Hutchinson, who does all sorts of different things for that Lions defensive line. But as a biased Giants fan, I'm going to say Kayvon Thibodeau. And we're putting together, what, a list of quarterbacks that is not going to be playing the last week of the regular season? Because I know Lamar's not. Patrick Mahomes is not. Um, it, it's going to be a, a week of backup quarterbacks, certainly. I know um, there's certainly a lot that are going to play. Uh, so this is not exactly going to be the most entertaining week of NFL football, but coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to pick every single game. Blaine Gabbard, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, Dick Mullins, Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Howell, Mason Rudolph, Jared Stidham, all going to start games in the NFL this week. I Man. could not tell you what team Blaine Gabbard is starting for. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to the you. The Chiefs, I, don't think I, I believe. Either. He okay. is starting for the Chiefs. Very cool, very cool. Well, anything else we want to get in before the end of the show, guys? I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're I think we're all set. All right. We've got high school basketball, like I mentioned, coming up tomorrow. Daniel Woods has the call as Muscleman will take on Hedgesville. Parker Stone over on Cool 92.9 uh, will have the broadcast as Berkeley Springs takes on Kaiser. Daniel Woods and I traveling back from IUP yesterday spent significant time reacting to NHL goal songs. Yeah. Um, so we're going to listen to the St. Louis Blues goal, horn, and song as we finish today's show. We're going to be posting this show coming up here in just a couple of moments on our Panhandle News Network Spotify page. And the award-winning Panhandle Sports, or rather Panhandle Live, is coming up here in just a couple of moments. For the boys, I've been Luke Wiggs. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.